0: Greeting, Geeks, my name is Joe Hogan Many of you know me as... I'm Ray Vargas Many of you know me as Epic Rays in various video... I'm Rob! Games. My name's Rob, I'm the guest Hi This is episode 173 of Geektitude, a geek culture podcast that...
1: DC Fandom,
0: we're talking about
2: DC Fandom again I quit So let's kick things off with a little weekly geekery
1: <laughs> What did y'all do this week? I <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna be honest. That's not the best that's not the best alternate open I've ever I've ever written. I'm not I super proud was, of that it one. It
0: was creative. It was creative. I, thanks. I, I blame
2: I blame our acting skills. That's it's not your writing, it's my acting, definitely. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> it
0: was
2: what there on just, the page, Rob. It was there on the page. <laughs> what were you what are you, Jen's up to this week? How's it going? Pretty good. I want to hear what Rob's been up to.
1: Uh, so this is the second half of our weekly geekery first half. I talked about playing the Avengers game. The other thing I wanted to bring up is the Netflix show called a uh, Daybreak, which is uh, it's a Netflix original. It's sort of like this teen coming of age zombie comedy. Uh, the idea being that some sort of nuclear attack apocalypse happens. And in this town, all of the adults are basically turned into zombies, but not, not zombies uh for all intents and purposes they are though they're mindless creatures wandering around and all of the kids are left alive uh the and so the idea is all of the cliques from the high school have now become the gangs in this post-apocalyptic world so like the jocks go full on uh mad max and are wearing all their like football gear and stuff um all of the the god what is it What is it the clan of kardashia or whatever of all the kids that are like kardashians uh and it's it feels like something i would have loved when i was in like high school or early college i'm only two episodes in so far It, it follows a main character who breaks the fourth wall and the main thing i find interest and he's on a quest to find the girl that he loves that uh he lost during the apocalypse and uh it The main thing that I've caught off of it is that uh, there's only one person who's not a former high school student. There's one like 10-year-old or 11-year-old that this guy used to babysit that loves to set things on fire who sort of becomes his sidekick. Um, But like if all the adults die, in my head, I'm like, what about babies? What about elementary school kids, middle school kids? We don't – I guess we don't know where any of those might be. But so it's definitely a don't take this show too seriously. It's a high school kid movie, except the apocalypse happened and all of the cliques are now roving gangs in the apocalypse. And, <laughs> that, and this kid is alone. sounds
0: amazing. That he's basically
1: like, good. yeah, he's the he's the I'm not really part of any clique. I'm the nice kid from Canada because uh, his name is Josh. And they're like, which Josh? They're like uh, sports Josh or whatever. Gay Josh, other gay Josh, you know, the <laughs> other. And he's like, no, just Josh. The, and nobody knows who he is because he was just that kid in high school. But apparently he does great during the apocalypse.
0: That's awesome. Yeah. That sounds pretty great. <laughs> yeah. And then like I, I've been religion. absolutely love.
1: Yeah. It's something fun. And then I've been rewatching, um, the uh the dc animated universe i'm on the final season of justice league unlimited and just really blown away by by how strong the writing still is uh and a lot of that is due to Dwayne mcduffie
0: where do we find this because you mentioned this in your last episode and i'm very very interested i'm watching on dc universe Yes. yes
2: yes another thing that i can pay for that's fine with me (laughs) <laughs> yeah I've, I've already got hbo max and netflix and disney plus and amazon and I, prime and
1: i don't know if they do free trials is the other thing too i don't mm. they might do a week free trial or something but um yeah well, otherwise you can probably find it cheap on dvd
2: when do we get to the to the part the reality where they just put dwayne mcduffie as the kevin Fe, 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 feige in charge of the dc cinematic universe
1: I'm pretty sure Dwayne McDuffie passed away a couple of years ago. Oh you, uh, f- like that was that was a huge, huge deal. I'm gonna type this in now. Whoa,
2: how am I just learning about this amazing creator now? And Yeah, he passed yeah. away. He he passed away about ten years ago. God damn Of course, Milestone Media. We were just talking about him last week.
1: Yep. Oh uh. yeah. But his, his plotting skills and his ability to sort of transfer some famous comic book stories to the screen and stuff, it's all really, really strong And that Justice League Unlimited show. It's why I, I wanted to watch it the way I did is you start with like what is sort of the epitome of of the DC animated shows, which is the, the Batman cartoon. And then you go to what is like maybe the epitome of DC shows, which is Justice League Unlimited. Like it's so hard to fight between the two because some of the writing on the Batman show is so, so strong. Uh, And then you get to Justice League Unlimited where they have this massive team of heroes and they're like, we're going to pick Supergirl, Stargirl, and Green Arrow and do a story about just these three characters. Or one of my favorites is a story about uh, Booster Gold and like Elongated Man is in it for a while complaining about how he's better than Plastic Man because he's also a detective, but nobody thinks about that when they ask for his help. Um, and then the whole thing is everybody calling Booster Gold Green Lantern for the entire episode. It's all thank you, Green Lantern. He's like, I'm not even green. <laughs> <laughs> it's such a it's such a good show, and it only gets better as uh, as the seasons go on, and it ends really strongly. And there's a uh, if you were a Batman Beyond fan, uh, there's an episode. It's the end of season one of Justice League Unlimited called Epilogue, and it's actually an end story for Batman Beyond. <sighs> that takes place like. I don't know, five, ten years after the end of Batman Beyond. Oh my God, that sounds amazing. Yeah. Yep, yep. So, that's me. That's great. Cool.
0: How about you, Ray? What have you been up to?
2: Well, I guess I gotta come after that. Um, (laughs) I, so, I mentioned in, um, on Rob's podcast that I had been watching YouTube videos and mostly, you know, interviews with comic book creators. I also watched a few Kevin Smith videos because I love them so much. And I love his energy and optimism and enthusiasm. And, um, he just tells a lot of behind the scenes stories. And I really dig that. Um, I listened to one where, where he talks about how he got involved with masters of the universe. And, uh, cause apparently he's a writer on that show the Netflix show. And, um, I loved masters of the universe growing up as a little kid. That was like my favorite property. And I still, to this day own all of those act, those figures and vehicles and like sets there in my mom's storage. But anyway, <laughs> I listened to that. I listened, I listened to him talk about um, his cameo and captain Marvel. Uh, and just like, you know, meeting Stan Lee and, and working with him in his movies and stuff. So that that was some of the geeky ass shit that I did this week. While I also started my MFA classes, I was in the studio a lot. And, you know, the semester's begun. So work is is back to being crazy. And now I'm a grad student again. So, yeah, that's how I, that's how I managed to, squeak, to squeeze in some geeky stuff this week.
0: That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. What about you, Joe? Well, I mean, okay, so you have to go back to um, episode three of this crossover to know what I'm talking about. But Rob (laughs) talked about how he was so into Endgame because it was kind of showing everybody what, what comics could be. And right. I mean, that's kind of what you were talking about a little bit in our last episode.
1: Yeah. It was the idea of this, this stuff that I loved so much as a kid writ large on the, on the big screen. And, um, knowing other people were enjoying it at the same level I was, which is something I desperately wanted as a kid, but never got. Right. And that's, that's
0: where I am that, that desperate want when it comes to wow, because I feel like I've spent a lot of time this week watching like theories, theory videos on story. And there's, there's these characters, especially when, um, Sylvanas Windrunner, who is this very complex character that I would take me an entire episode to try and go through, but these you know she's basically looked at right now as the big villain of of the next expansion and of of current the current storyline, and there's all these theories coming out, and I've agreed with them. I've had those same theories myself that. We just don't get what she's doing, but that she's actually going to save us all, kind of thing. It's one of those kind of stories where we just don't understand the villain, and the villain's not really a villain. That's what I'm thinking it is. But I'm watching all of these like theory store, these theory videos, and I'm just like, damn, these stories are so good. And there's just no way to like wrap them up in a package and give them to people who I know would just get all into it. Like I think Ray. I think you would absolutely love the story of World of Warcraft just because the characters are so complicated and so well built. But there's no way – yeah, I mean there's no way I can give – I can't give – I can't send you to a video that – Well, I'll just just watch the movie, Joe. I'll just watch the movie. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. I'm so disappointed. Sorry, man. (laughs) <laughs> it's not that it was a bad job, it's just they picked the wrong story to do. Like start further down in the the story where everybody likes where all the all the good stuff happens, mm. you know. So I mean, that's that's kind of one of the things that I've been thinking about this this week is like how how can they kind of package this stuff in a way that other people can enjoy it because just when when the last blizzcon came around and I had my friends from London out here we sat Matt down and we're like, watch this series of cinematics and and how amazing it is. And he didn't appreciate it because there's just too much stuff that you have
1: to pile on the mm-hmm. back end. And Cause that's what I, I was going to say is when people just I I sometimes will watch things where I don't feel like playing a video game. But I'll slowly watch, you know, over the course of a week, you know, two hours of cinematic all put together or three hours of cinematics I'll put together to get the story of a video game. So I don't have to spend 80 hours playing the game. Mm -hmm.
0: And, and I wish there was like a good concise way of doing that, but I have yet to find a series of videos that explains it well and puts the cinematics together. Well, and because there's so much that happens during the gameplay and it's an MMO. So the gameplay is not terribly, I mean, a lot of the story comes in just reading the, the quest text. So, you know, that's that's my big exciting thing this week is to be able to enjoy all these theories and, and partake in them. But then the sad part of it is there's not as many people that I can share it with, even though I think they would absolutely love it. Damn. Just
2: just neo that shit into me. Just plug it into my brain, <laughs> download it next to Kung
0: Fu. <laughs> yeah, I need to find I need to find some way of getting like collecting Listeners, if there's anybody out there that's as big of a WoW geek as I am, and you know some way to get this stuff to Ray in a form that's not completely confusing (laughs) and ridiculous, please let me know. Because I think you would just absolutely love it.
2: Correct me if I'm wrong, Joe, but it sounds like the issue that a lot of comic book stories have where it's just like there's you know, where's the way in, right, for new fans? Right kind of. Right, Right. exactly. X-Men
1: being impenetrable. There you go. Exactly.
0: There you go. Um So yeah, so that's, that, that was been my big thing. Um, I'll do another weekly gear at some point for, for FAUDA because we're watching this, this TV show, this Netflix series from um, Israel and I've got complex feelings about it. And so I I need to unpack but I don't think this is the episode to do it on. (laughs) All right. Well, I don't even know if we introduced what we're doing here. If you, if you haven't caught on, this is part four of our big fandom crossover with and sometimes rob and yeah yeah. i have
2: i have some ideas on that joe uh rob if you guys could bear with me here i was thinking about titles for this episode and i looked at i looked up the top 10 worst crossover events just for shits and giggles uh comic book crossover events there's we got fandom disassembled how does that sound for a title for this (laughs) how about um Maximum fandom instead of maximum carnage. No, sure. Anyone? Um, we got uh, let's see. (laughs) Hold on, hold on. We got fandom versus geekitude instead of Marvel versus DC. That was a pretty bad crossover. No, um, (laughs) we got uh, crisis on infinite fandoms. No, anyone? (laughs) Uh, that was actually a good one. That's not on the worst of list. Um, we got um, well, if, it, if just, we're
0: talking DC, we could just go onslaught and be done God, with
2: this. <laughs> just call it onslaught. That was, uh, that's exactly where I'll see where we're, we're aligned, Joe. That's exactly where I was going with this is just call it onslaught.
1: Don't with that is that dome, dome slot, dome yeah, slot, was,
0: on, yeah, dome, right. slot dome slot Unleashed? I
1: was thinking, uh, oh fandom God. unleashed.
2: How about, um, f- d- f- Fandomatum instead of ultimatum, <laughs>
0: maybe
2: no. How about oh, fandom, fandom reborn? Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> one, one more dome instead of one more day. No. <laughs> <laughs> All right, thank you for thank you for uh, uh oh thank you Ray yeah Uh-oh. the 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 fandom saga. There you
0: go. <laughs> it's become a saga at this point. It
1: has. Yeah.
0: All right, let's throw some advertising.
1: Um, Big titty cat people with (laughs) tails. If you're just joining us. (laughs) (laughs) And we're back.
0: It's always it's always fun when the three of us get together. We need oh to do God. it more often. Too much geekery for four episodes, I guess. <laughs> it yeah. really is. Um, we've kind of communally decided to start to to talk about Batman on this episode, and then there's rumors that maybe we'll do a, a short episode five on maybe maybe uh, and sometimes Rob to just finish. Yeah, I'll finish
1: out. Of it. Yeah. Even, even if it's just me on my own, I'll finish up the rest of the stories about, you know, Aquaman and the flash TV show, um, Titans, that sort of stuff. Yeah.
0: But, but we're, we're, we're diving into, to Batman. That's the final big fandom announcement trailer thing that, that happened. And I guess I'm going to, I'm going to throw this to, to Ray cause Ray, you have, you have thoughts and opinions. Well, I mean, I'm anticipating,
2: the next Batman movie called The Batman, right? Mm-hmm. Um, highly anticipating, I guess. First of all, you know, around the time that we're recording this, news kind of broke the other day that Robert Pattinson tested positive for COVID. Oh, that's so. Not good. So I don't know if you guys are aware of that, but no, um, yeah. Fil- so filming has stopped completely, and he's currently in quarantine for his 14 day quarantine uh, sesh. To make sure that he's okay. It looks like he's going to recover. He's going to be fine. But yeah, he, he tested positive just Yikes. like two days ago. So, <laughs> so there's that going on around this movie right now. But, um, I, I'm, I wasn't really that impressed with the trailer footage that they shared at fandom. And what I was surprised by was that literally everyone else that I heard from was super stoked about the footage they saw and especially online, like Twitter just went nuts going, this is going to be amazing. This is great. And it just, it definitely did not land with me. How did it, how did that trailer footage land with, with either of you, both of you,
1: Rob, Um, I'm, cautiously i'm trying to do that thing that thing we were talking about before where i'm just trying to be more positive than negative about things um i'm interested there's there's a there was a lot in this trailer that um i'm not sure about right that that seems a little weird or i'm like oh i don't i don't know if i understand where that decision comes from but in general like hooray i mean year two batman he's Um, younger. It seems like he's sort of working with the police. I love the idea of Jeffrey Wright as commissioner Gordon. Mm -hmm. It's, it's one of those like, why didn't anybody think of this before? Because he's just the perfect actor for that kind of role. Mm. Um, Depending on, I guess how they want to portray Gordon, right? It's sort of the traditional way that he's portrayed. I think Jeffrey Wright is perfect for uh, that much more sort of cerebral, more of a thinker than necessarily a doer, right? There's the version of Gordon that's really physical and out there and super cop, Uh, who, you know, Gordon as Batman for a while. Um, but, um, yeah, I think most people, when it comes to Batman movies, they focus on, uh, well, after Ben Affleck, the voice, but it was always like focus on the suit and the car and then (laughs) who the villain is. And then the rest of it, they don't really, that doesn't really seem to take up the conversation. Like, I remember the big talk on this one was. It's going to be a detective story and everybody's like, thank you. That's all. That's what we want. Yeah. We don't want the necessarily big adventure film. Give us something smaller, quieter, tighter, you know, give me a lower budget Batman movie. That's a detective story. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but that's not necessarily what they're showing us, but we don't see Batman soaring through the city. We don't, we see his car, but we don't see it jumping off of rooftops, you know? Like, we see him beat the hell out of one guy in, frankly, what looks like a scene out of Daredevil to me. Yeah. Like, exactly out of Daredevil to me. Yeah. Um, Where even the cowl is very Daredevil looking, the way they put it together.
0: This film has, it it has Catwoman, yeah?
1: Yes. And
0: who are the the other villains?
1: The Penguin and the Riddler.
0: Okay, it was the Riddler then. That's the one that kind of is the the focus Just with
1: the, like a black plastic bag on his head for some reason I thought that was
2: gonna be hush but I mm-hmm. I, 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 th- I thought I read at one point that 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 story has influenced this movie and if you look at I mean I didn't I haven't read that storyline so don't anyone spoil anything I might catch up with it eventually but um in anticipation of this movie but the the look of that character has like his the face is wrapped in bandages. And so that caught like I got those vibes from the from the, I guess what's supposed to be the Riddler character in the trailer, also very much like they just stuck Batman in the movie Seven.
1: Um. So you, so you're kind of you're kind of breaking up on, on my end there, but it sounds like you were saying that um, he looks, it gives you a Seven vibe which I know was the thing they were talking about in the, the fat man beyond uh, episode where they were talking fandom as well. And I, I agree. And I think that's a really fun way to go. Cause there's so many like really dark Batman stories with these different types of serial killers that sort of have a bent to them. And that like, that's kind of what you want. Like the joke, like the dark Knight, sort of stands currently, I think as considered sort of the best Batman movie or certainly of that trilogy. Uh, but the Joker was so bombastic. Everything is exploding and, and, you know, giant semis are being flipped over and stuff like that. Like, but just more of a quiet, like I mean, it's still a serial killer, so it's still bombastic in that way. But yeah, like a seven type of storyline with Batman in it. If that's what you said, if the pitch was I'm gonna do seven except the detectives we're swapping out for Batman. It would have been like, take my money. I don't care about the rest. <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah. But okay, but then when we talk about how we hate the dark gritty thing, I mean, how do you
1: reconcile that? I don't like Superman to be dark and gritty. Superman okay. is meant to be the epitome, the thing we're all supposed to look up to. The, the you know, and again, we we had a discussion on my show about takes. There is absolutely a world in which you can have a dark and gritty Superman. I think Injustice is phenomenal, where you see him broken and he becomes a world dictator and he's killing people and stuff. Like those stories can certainly be told. It's just in general, um, Batman's world is always darker. You know, the sun never shines in Gotham. And mm-hmm. the sun never sets in Metropolis. Right, right.
2: I, I think I sent Joe, I'm looking for this tweet that I sent you where someone break, basically breaks down how Batman is, act, this Batman movie is actually, or Seven, the movie Seven could be a Batman movie.
1: <laughs> where, where you, it is. He's, he's, a th- he's a thematic serial killer bad guy. Like he's like, he's basically the calendar man. Right, right. And has
2: anyone read Hush? That storyline? Yes. Okay. Um I'm I'm you know, getting those vibes a little bit as well. Um I was there is kinda... an
1: there's an animated hush. Sorry, there is an animated hush as well. Though oh, okay. if I understand correct I haven't seen it yet, but I believe the twist ending or sort of the ending is actually different from the comic.
2: Okay. Uh well I just if, if that's the Riddler that we're seeing in the trailer, I'm definitely underwhelmed. I get that this is like a, a Batman year two story, yeah. right? And so not everyone is in their final form of whatever they're going to be. But right. I was, I definitely, I just thought like uh, Riddler, like it, it, they're not making the Riddler a serial killer, right? Like he's not, <laughs> is he killing people? Is he a serial killer?
1: Maybe. I mean, I guess there's the idea of the Riddler doing it just to prove he's smarter than Batman is kind of, I think, what we're sort of used to. Yeah, I don't know what Jim Carrey's intention was in Batman Forever, <laughs> um, <laughs> being goop because, like, his plot was to s- to get smarter by stealing people's thoughts through their televisions or something, um, right? Or something. It was a very '66 Batman sort of plotline. Uh, so I don't know. I mean, but you can do. Kind of whatever here, you know, Um, and I don't think it needs to be the Riddler either. You know what I mean? Like, I'm okay with it just being, give me just a serial killer, you know? uh, Yeah.
2: I've always wanted to put Nightwing in a, in a, he has to catch a serial killer type of story. Uh, Just because Nightwing feels more like an underdog.
1: Yeah. You know? Um, And he's, he's more sort of bright, happy and bouncy, which would balance out the darkness of the story itself. Well, like he can be serious, but his whole thing is he's the guy doing, you know, quadruple backflips or whatever around the city, rather than Batman who just wants to get there as fast as possible to punch you in the face.
2: Yeah. I liked your, I liked the connection you drew between, you know, th- this new tr- trailer and uh daredevil because yeah. w- I mean, definitely. And one of the things actually, I'm actually not, I am not digging this version of the Batman costume and uh, or outfit or uniform. And it's the same you you bringing up Daredevil reminded me that it's the same reaction I had to the reveal at the end of the first season of, of the Netflix Daredevil um, show to yeah. that to that outfit. I just didn't like the I don't dig the bulky riot cop version of the superhero, you know, uniform.
1: Right. I remember thinking the same thing with Daredevil. I was like, you know, I almost liked it better when he was just wearing a, the, the compression shirt hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because then he was just this guy who just had this in his case, just this pent up rage that he couldn't figure out how to get rid of. Um, and so he decided he'd take it out on people that he thought deserved it, which in itself isn't OK. Um, and it's sort of the same thing as as Batman uh, as well, where he's just every single criminal, regardless of their crime, is the person that killed his parents in mm-hmm. his head and deserves that, you know, vengeance as he says. Yes. Um, yes. But I'm okay with it not being a robotic, dark voice, a deep voice. Um, I'm <laughs> I'm certainly okay with there not being the Joker. I don't think I need Catwoman in this story. Like, I, there, I, I feel like it's going to be a little more shoehorned in to make Catwoman a part of it. I don't want – I'm – Batman doesn't – he's not James Bond. He doesn't need a new Bond girl in every movie, but they keep doing it to him. Because that's the, somewhere somewhere in the public – somewhere in that popular consciousness, Batman is James Bond. To some, well, you know?
2: I would say they're not doing it to him. They're doing it to the female characters.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Oh, well, okay. Yes, that too. Because that's that too. fucking bullshit. Like Catwoman is a great enough character that she should have her own Batman movie, you know, where she's the main protagonist slash love interest. Do the whole thing. Like really do it you know
1: but not, and, but not yeah. the way they did it
2: yeah exactly and I, I saying that i'm excited for the look of this character i love this version of of catwoman's you know okay. u- outfit uniform whatever her this persona of catwoman from the comics like what the the comics that they're pulling from i really dig
0: yeah the kind of more the the goggle goggle catwoman
2: yeah the the cat burglar goggles Catwoman. Yeah. the the kind of, it's almost like a, like a sleek, you know, Selena Kyle with like the, the, the pixie cut uh, the goggles. Yeah. I really, really dig that. And I just wish, I don't know. I mean, it's hard to say, are they sidelining her? I mean, I guess from the trailer it could seem that way, you know, definitely given, you know, previous iterations, we could say, we can anticipate that, but who knows, maybe it'll be, maybe she'll be a major character in the story once it comes out and we get to see it.
1: Do you think the WB execs actually look to the Halle Berry Catwoman movie as a reason that they couldn't make her more of a main character?
2: God, that would fucking suck. I hope. hope hope
1: (laughs) But that's how that happens, right? You make a movie and it does bad and executives don't care. They look so big picture. And I don't know this for a fact. This is me being judgmental. But the idea of they're like, oh, well, then I guess we can't do superhero movies. Like that was the Batman and Robin thing. Well, then I guess guess we can't can't do comics.
2: Then I guess you can't do the Riddler then, but they're doing it. So, no, that would be an excuse for the misogyny then. You know what I mean? But no, because in that case, we wouldn't be getting the Riddler as the main character, as the main bad guy, you know?
1: Right, but no, I, I will give you that. Like, give us female characters. Absolutely, there's a lot of them in in Batman's world. Give us the Huntress, like, and give us the the Helena Bert uh, Bertinelli version rather than the original version was the daughter of Catwoman and and Batman uh, way back pre-crisis. But like, give us the daughter of the mob boss who now is just going to try and kill people, um, and she's totally okay with it, and and has to keep fighting against that urge. Because she sees it logically as the right thing to do or the thing that she wants to do. Yeah. Uh, not necessarily the huntress that well, I guess they gave us the huntress and birds of prey. Didn't they kind of?
2: Yeah, they did. Yeah. That's what I was going to say is that what they do is they stick all of these female characters and it together and put them in their one movie and say, okay, it's there. the
1: one shot in end game of here's all the female characters. <laughs> that was good <laughs> enough. Right. We're good. All right. God, let's move on. Totally. Back to yes. the, back to the white so guy. Bad. And, you know, I'll say too,
2: I, I dislike the look of the penguin that we're getting. Yes. Like, that doesn't, Why? what is that? Why?
1: What? Yeah. Like without naming names, I have friends who are short, wide and have no neck. <laughs> and I'm, I'm not saying that in a way to, to make them, you know, feel bad about them. It's just the, like that body type exists. Like you there are people that are out there that could you know Patton oswald has been the penguin in uh, a funnier die bit like you could find a short wide dude uh and like you don't need to take an, uh, it's it's not whitewashing type of thing i don't i don't want to i don't want to go that far with it um but it's one of those like let's take this actor we like and then just completely cover them with makeup until they're unrecognizable or put them in so much silicone that you can really tell that it's a bunch of silicone. Like, I don't know. You you do something else or do a different, do, do a different. There's a version of the penguin out there and I'm not talking about Gotham. There's a version of the penguin where he's not um, short squat. He's not Danny DeVito. You know, it's not that extreme. It's not uh, a Burgess Meredith even. Well, um, um, it's just it's just a guy who is called the Penguin because whatever he's got a long nose or tuxedo. Like he's an arms dealer, right? The whole point of his character is he's uh, Bruce Wayne gone wrong. He's what if his family got all of their money taken away, and he believes that he belongs in the upper echelons of society, but the only way he can get there is through criminal activity. Right, right. And
2: you know there was a lot of press around. The talks that went on for a long time for Jonah Hill to play this character, he was, it was, it, it that deal kind of fell apart at the last minute, and that is. I'd love
1: to see him as a villain,
2: right? And that's one of the reasons why uh, Colin Farrell ended up stepping in at the last minute to take on this character because Jonah Hill and the fans were like, "Yes, Jonah Hill, like great, great casting, brilliant," and uh, yeah, talks fell apart. So I'm still, that's going to hurt me for a long time. (laughs)
1: There's a really I like great. So, uh,
0: I'm sorry. I feel like in a lot of these situations, they're, they're more worried about the look and less worried about the character. And I think that's just a real detriment to the storytelling. It's like when, when you talk about how, I mean, again, I'm the, I'm the DC noob to most of this, you know, I hearing, hearing that being um, the, the origin story of um, the penguin, like that, that, that makes it so much more interesting than any penguin. I feel like I've ever been introduced to, if that makes any sense. And I think it's because they're always worried
1: about the look and not necessarily worried about the story. Hmm. Well, what's going to get butts in seats in the end? It's a business. And so all of the teaser images and stuff they put out there are the things that are going to make them money. Like in the end, yes, you will make money as the story goes on and people say, wow, that was a really good movie and you get word of mouth. Um, but like early on to build up that thing, they want to make sure all the characters look right. And I just – from the one shot we got of him, it looked really weird. There's um, there's a trade. I can't remember the the name of it off the top of my head. It's just like a short miniseries, but they collected it. And it's, a, it's just about the penguin. And it shows him as such a broken person who like – he really just wants love. And uh, he really just wants – Acceptance And for people to think that he's a big shot for people to think that he's important. And he gets all upset because he has these beautiful women around him. um, But they just won't give him that. So in the end, he throws them in his, you know, giant cages hanging from the ceiling or whatever it is. Um, But it just it, it speaks to his sort of condition. And in my head, it's still just like, it doesn't matter what you look like for that.
2: You know? Yeah, I just think the great casting does both. We don't have to have one or the other. I, I still want the visual there, but that should only be part of it. You know, but, but, I like but Colin I, Farrell. But so I think yeah, same here. But you know, uh, they cast Colin Farrell as the Penguin and Andy Serkis as Alfred. I would love Andy Circus as the penguin. <laughs> like, oh, sure. That, that would have been fucking amazing. You know, switch the and and looking at how Colin Farrell decided to do his makeup for the penguin, fucking make him Alfred. Jesus. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like I just the penguin to me does have to have an element of grotesqueness. You don't have to take it as far as Danny DeVito did in Batman Returns, but there does have to be a grotesque kind of quality to his his physicality. And I think, yeah. you know, Jonah Hill and Andy Circus could have knocked that out of the fucking park. Yeah. So I don't know, like, that, I was really shocked, like, at my reaction to the trailer, to be honest with you. I was so excited to see, because, you know, they said leading up to Fandom, you're going to see everyone in, in costume. You're going to see the look of everyone in this trailer. And I was, re- none of them really hit, the only one, Catwoman was the only one that kind of like, you know, hit it right for me. The rest just kind of did not. Um, that bulky Batman, I know eventually we're going to get the white eyes and the cowl, right? That's mm, They're yeah. doing that in this movie. But I just don't like that super, and I know they're pulling it from the comic, I just don't like that super um, like armored up Batman look. Unless you're doing the whole Batman Returns, Dark Knight Returns version, okay? Because that's such an iconic version of that character, mm. but... Just kind of like you know sleek, you know uh, Robert Pattinson has is brings such a like a, a debulkified version of Batman, especially compared to what we saw from Ben Affleck, who could like, geez, could he even move his arms at one point. Like it just looked mm-hmm. weird, but um, you know, and, and then so you so you go with this different body version of batman which is fine great like i'm here for it and then you bulk him up with his riot gear i'm hoping that part of the story is that he's still figuring shit out it's year two you know he does this bulky riot gear look and it doesn't work for him like that's what i'm hoping even the bat symbol on his chest rob can you speak to that to to what that how that came about this iteration of the bat symbol which looks like it's made of machine parts
1: so, if it is what folks are saying it is, which I think is is likely, there's a story that Kevin Smith wrote, um, and I don't remember if it was for a Batman 80th anniversary comic or or whatever it was, but there was a story uh, that he wrote wherein um, in the comics, Batman wears you know it changes as the years go on how how much of what he's wearing is. Um, protective gear versus just clothing, right? Mm-hmm. But in general, he's always had a metal plate behind the bat symbol, especially when he had the big yellow circle around yeah. the bat symbol on his chest. Yeah. The idea being, this is the target. This is what I want people to aim for because this is where I have – I wear the most armor. Mm-hmm. And in Kevin Smith's comic, that armor, that that piece of of shielding that he wears behind that bat symbol – was uh, from the gun that killed his parents. Joe Chill's gun is melted down into this plate that he wears over his heart. And so the theory here is the bat symbol is actually a gun, theory being the gun that killed his parents, split in half and then pointed in opposite directions. And that makes up the bat symbol on his chest. So he actually carries with him at all times instead of just saying, I'm a bat. So I'm going to put a bat on my chest because you know, I'm a bat. It's the, I'm going to carry with me at all times. The reminder of why I'm doing this.
2: Joe reaction
1: yes. to that, please.
0: Um, maybe a little literal. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I, now, now that I'm looking at, cause I'm looking it up and, I, I see what it is. Um, get, get closer to your mic. Oh, sorry. I'm I'm because I'm I'm looking at my second screen. I'm I'm looking at it now, and I just don't care for the look. Me it's neither. It's an interesting story point, but
1: it's a take.
0: Story, yeah, the story doesn't. <laughs> it is a
2: take, and the to me the story does not justify the visual like the visuals underwhelming and then you're hoping maybe the story the decision behind it will make you go oh now that's cool and it doesn't like or vice versa if I heard that story and was like "All right, right maybe if the visual is cool then that will make that make better sense and then you see the visual and you're like oh fuck like no neither works for me neither
1: it's the reason Superman wears an image of a planet exploding on his chest <laughs> Holy I know, shit! I, I, I know. I know there's people out there. Sorry, I'm derailing things. No, I know there's no. people. I, I know there's people out there that that do like that idea. That like it being so literal. Honestly, I don't really, it doesn't bother me. The armored look doesn't really bother me. They're trying to make it feel grounded. And if it's literally a dude in gray tights and a blue cape, it's not going to feel grounded in a grim and gritty crime noir story. What mm. I would rather, the, the, the thing that I was concerned about is he's got sort of that collar, which I think is part of like motorcycle gear uh, to help protect your head. Uh, but the big oh. thing for me, big thing for me, I want a Batman movie where the cape completely covers him like they got kind of close in in the Burton stuff in the first one where he'd stand there and and the cape covers almost all of the front of him. But that's what I want. Snyder's Batman has the cape permanently pinned where it sticks out the back like his cape is multi-purpose. And one of those purposes is stealth, you know, is he can completely cover himself with it and then he can hide easier in the dark or whatever. And it looks cool. Like that's the, you know, Ray, have you ever seen the uh, Batman, um, uh, dead end short film.
2: Uh, that was the fan made one, right?
1: Yes. It's the yeah. Batman versus the Joker. And then it turns into versus alien versus predator. Yes. I have seen that. Yes. So it's, it's that, that type of costume, I think is the one that all of us would love to see on film at some point, just a Jack dude in a fabric costume, but they used the cape, Right. You know, they show him landing and the cape is spread out all around him as he stands up. It slowly pulls in and drags yeah. in. Like, yeah. I want that, especially in my, like, Batman detective stories. I want him to feel more like a detective, and I think that would go a long way. But if he were just wearing, I don't know, a leather jacket or something, I don't think I'd like it. And if he were wearing just uh, gray spandex, I don't think that would necessarily play with me either. Not in this personal, not in this setting.
0: Well, it yeah. feels...
1: Go ahead, Joe.
0: I'm sorry. I, I'm, I'm going to put in uh, the, the Facebook. Somebody put color to it and it looks 10 times better. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Or they're, they're
2: brightening up the, the images from the trailer and kind of like changing them, make, making them look better.
0: Well, they added like gold highlights to it, like like metal highlights to it, that gives it a little bit of that Batman yellow. Yeah, and and it looks because then you can kind of see what it is, but it 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 just I like better. that less. It, it still like doesn't look less.
2: it still doesn't look great to me though. It's not it, it like I could understand this being at the concept art stage and in, in visual development as they're making the movie, and and going no, okay, we we explored that idea and what that might look like, and it's not hitting the mark, so let's move on. That's, that's where I see this. This should be in the art of the Batman visual development book that comes out after the movie. You know what I mean? Like, oh, that was a direction they could have taken. They almost took it. I can see, I can see why they didn't.
1: But what about, what about the rest of it? Because I know, again, we're focusing on those things that I said, like the things they know are going to be the fan conversations. What do you think of the suit? What do you think of the car? What do you think of the character designs and stuff? Is that going to, is that going to keep you from, from the rest of the movie? Are you going to be focused on that? It's a gun in his chest. That's dumb and just not being able to let it go. Or are you excited for like what kind of story this is going to be versus the, you know, clowns in, in giant rubber ducks uh, attacking Gotham city from like Batman returns. If they're
0: going to, if, if it is a good story, then I can, I can pretty much roll with weird armored Batman and strange bat symbol and all that. Like I, I I'm fine with that. If the story is good. And I realize that, you know, I, I I acknowledge your point about if it doesn't look good, it's not going to get people to the, um, to the, the theaters, Theater? but, but yeah. yeah, but for me, it, if it, it, it's, it's kind of, if it, if it's good story and everything, then, okay, I'll, I'll let that one go. But if it's a bad story, then I'm going to, I'm going to add that to the list of things I don't like. Does that make yes. sense? Yes. Yes. Agree.
1: <laughs> I, so yeah. what What do we think of email Bruce Wayne? Oh, the shot man. where we actually see him and he's got the floppy black hair. It's giving me
2: uh Spider-Man three vibes.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> do you think he'll do a dance?
2: Oh my God. It's just give And you know what? Again, I am all for takes. Uh, yes. Give me different versions. Doesn't mean I'm going to like them all, but you know, I'm game. I'm game for a different version of, of Bruce and Batman. Yes. Like let's go. Um, so and far, not
1: year two. <sighs> if it's year two, then maybe by the end he realizes that he has to make a, a harsher line between happy-go-lucky billionaire playboy Bruce Wayne. You know, maybe he's not that yet. Tell me that maybe story.
2: Yes, that 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 to me is best case scenario of what we've seen so far. That's best case scenario for me. But I mean, do we believe that Zack Snyder always? Had the plan of like, this is the beginning of Superman, he's figuring it out and he's going to end up being the Superman we know by the end of my just, you know, my arc in Justice League. Or do we think that was
1: tacked on after the fact? I mean, I, I'm i not going to give Zack Snyder credit for planning three <laughs> movies ahead. Are you? Uh, no. I remember talking about it at the time, the idea of like, I kind of like that idea. I like the idea that. It's going to take time for that character to become who we want them to be. Yeah, there was just so much uh, in Man of Steel that rubbed me the wrong way, and that was like we need to give him a reason to start becoming that person. Well, yeah, um, that,
2: that was my understanding at the end of Man of Steel, but that was just me going, "Oh, that's probably the last life, the first and last life he's ever going to take." Like, look at how he, right. look at how that made, you know, look at what that did to him. You know what I mean? Screamed real loud. Like, (laughs) I mean, that's what happens when you feel pain sometimes, Rob. So, you know, yeah, that, but that was my take. I don't know. You know, I could be totally fucking wrong, (laughs) but for this, if that's the story, hell yeah. Like, you know, Frank Miller and, and Dave Mazzuchelli, if that's how you pronounce his name, do that brilliantly in Batman year one, where he goes out, he realizes this ain't working for him. He's got to do different things, you know? Um, and we've seen that sort of adopted in other superhero origin stories. Um, so I'm hoping for this, the, the collar, I don't dig the, you know, the, the robotic, the, the shoulder pads, I don't dig. And it's not just shoulder pads. It's the way they attach to the chest plate and the way the chest plate houses parts of a gun and the way that like, I'm just like, fuck man. And I get that they're pulling from, um, what's his name? Um, the, the recent. Is it Greg, Greg Capullo? That's the artist that, that drew, um, the, the recent run on Batman that started with the court of owls, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah.
2: Uh, he, that's literally like Batman in riot gear armor on a motorcycle is directly from that run. It's Capullo and Scott Snyder. That's why I couldn't think of the writer's name because he's also Snyder.
1: Who wrote year, was it year zero? That was the Riddler story. Oh, maybe it was the year two that was Riddler. And uh, speaking of origins in the Court of Owls, it feels like maybe they're going to be wrapped up in this if this is meant to be a trilogy, because there's lines in there like you're part of this too. Um Right. And supposedly this is a world of corruption that touches on Batman's origin is what they were saying in the panel, which uh, personally bothers me. I'm all for the Court of Owls storyline. I think it's a really interesting story, sort of this secret society uh, in Gotham City. It helps turn Gotham into more of a character in Batman's world, which it always is and should be. But I have this personal problem with superhero movies in which they feel it absolutely necessary for the villain to to somehow be responsible for uh, the hero's origin, the Joker killed Batman's parents. Yeah. Sandman killed Uncle Ben. Yeah, um, I I kind of hate that. So if they say, and I, I guess I don't know the Court of Owls uh, storyline all the way through. If they say that the Court of Owls hired Joe Chill to have them kill the Waynes because they're secretly pulling the strings of what happens in Gotham City, right? And they don't want these philanthropists to um, be out there. Like, I get that. And that's in itself an interesting story. Yeah. But it goes back to Gotham being the new Rome. And in a world in which, you know, Metropolis and stuff also exists. Yeah. Because that was Bane's whole thing, right? Gotham needs to be destroyed because it's. The city is getting too big, but it's still completely infested with crime. So I am not really, you know, keen on it. Uh,
2: that was the League of Shadows take. So that Ra's al Ghul started that, right. and, and B- Batman begins, and then Bane came out of that. But it, the point wasn't. I, I agree with you. Gotham was crime rated because of their actions. It was on its way to being, you know, a metropolis-like city. I guess, I don't know, greater than Metropolis. So wouldn't they be trying to destroy Metropolis then? Like, what the fuck?
1: I don't know. But I I guess my question out of it is, do you want this to just be a straightforward Batman meets seven story? Or do you feel the need for this to dig deeper into And we're also going to have, you know, the Riddler and Penguin and Catwoman. And we're going to talk about the changing of Batman's origin as we know it and all this revolution. I think they keep trying to do too much shit in these movies. It it feels too
0: much like Spider-Man 3 on many levels where it's just like, let's just throw characters into this and not – give. like, we don't need this many. Now, if they're going to make this – like, if this is the beginning of a trilogy and we're going to have – we're going to see, you know, Selena Kyle go from – cat burglar in one episode to visual, you know, like we're going to see her historic so that they're, they're working together by movie three. Awesome. Because then the character is playing a, a role in the story. But right now there's just so much. That's like, I don't even know where they're going with any of it. I, I would even go
2: so far as to say sh- more than shades of Spider-Man three, I would say shades of Am- amazing Spider-Man one and two, where, you know, Rob, to what you were speaking to in, in those movies, Peter Parker was the chosen one and his parents were part of this like secret plan. And, and they had, you know, his dad had altered park Peter's DNA so that he was always susceptible to that, you know, radioactive spider. And there was this huge like storyline happening behind the scenes of what Peter was always meant to be. So it wasn't even an accident that he was bitten by the radioactive spider—that's where that story was going. And to me, that's the worst, most egregious version of you know this whole like the villain created the hero type of
0: of story.
1: And no, not to rehash—I was
0: sorry. just going to say—until you mentioned that, I had completely blocked that out of my mind. Dude, I've never so seen it. Oh my god, Rob! It's it's
2: the Harry even watched him. It's the Harry Potter version of Peter
1: Parker. And it gets back to that idea, Not again, I was saying not to rehash from from the, the and sometimes Rob episode, but it hashes back to the idea of like, okay, you have a take. Good for you, but let's discuss whether or not you having a take makes the story better because if right. it doesn't, it's okay to give us something that we're familiar with because you're giving it to us in a new medium. It was the last time we were talking about how comic geeks are more than happy to see their favorite stories on the big screen with – you know, shifts to make it fit that medium, but you don't need to add in a bunch of your own stuff because, hey, I have this idea. Batman's been around for 80 years, but you know what I bet they've never done? This thing. And you're like, oh, God damn it. Like, stop, no. stop trying to think that you're you as the filmmaker are going to to recreate everything. And I guess part of it is, you know what? Good for you. You wanted to do a take. And if people didn't like it because you're completely rewriting the origin story kind of thing, and then you did that thing and you find out it didn't work, and then we got Tom Holland, Spider-Man and everybody loves that. Cause it, it right. feels right. But I'm so I'm, maybe, I'm, you you know,
2: I'm in, in di- see, I'm down for the takes, but that's separate from where the results, you know, like I want speakle, I, I speakle. I want people to speak their mind and be honest. That doesn't mean I'm going to like everything that comes out of your fucking mouth. You know what I mean? But that's not the point. The point is to be honest. And so for me, these in defensive takes, I want to see all these takes. I want to see what the filmmaker in question thinks is the best way to tell this story. That doesn't mean I'm going to like every story that they, every decision they make. And I might hate some of them, but that's not going to make me go, okay, stop the takes. Like I, you know what I mean? Like I'm fine with that. Like I want that. And, and I, and yeah. I'll, I'll I'll discard whatever doesn't, you know, do it for me.
1: And that's the thing I think to always keep in mind when it comes to characters like Batman or Superman that we know can come back from a Batman and Robin super campy comic, you know, what they thought was comic booky at the time, you know, skates in the boots Mm -hmm. kind of take on the character. We know that those characters can come back. Uh, That's not necessarily – it's true because those are some of the most recognizable fictional characters in the world and you Mm -hmm. can continue to do iterations. You can have – two different Sherlock Holmes TV shows going on at the same time. Yeah. You know, because those characters have become archetypes and all we need is the gist of the character. And we, we get it, you know, Sherlock Holmes is really smart and can think things through and has a partner named Watson. That's what most people know. So you can go back to it, you know? And, and so it's that idea of in Batman, in my head, you go back to the origin. He's a rich white guy who inherited a ton of money and lost his parents to senseless violence and he can't make sense of it so he he's dedicating his life to personally trying to stop that from ever happening to anyone again like that's that's the the opus of the batman idea and now there's people that want to tell stories where that doesn't happen and they still say it's batman and then you say well is it or isn't it if it's the batman is the victim of a secret cabal of the court of owls that has been controlling gotham for centuries Does it still make sense that what Batman does is fight random street criminals?
2: Maybe that's a way out of that, because I, you know, that that idea of Batman fighting random street criminals to me is on the brink of being obsolete as far as I'm concerned, because, you know, when you factor in his his wealth and privilege and you factor in Everything that goes into, you know, creating these street level criminals and and the, you know, racism and capitalism and all that stuff. To me, the concept of Batman being this rich dude who goes out and fights street level criminals, that's that's obsolete to me. So maybe this whole Court of Owls thing is a way out of that conundrum and saying, yeah, no, Batman is actually I mean, maybe Batman needs to be fucking reinvented at this point.
1: Sure. But I want to I want to explore that other idea. Like think about all the Batman movies we've seen and how many times in those movies we've ever seen Batman fight a mugger in an alley. Maybe they'll start like the first 89 Batman starts with him taking on muggers. After that, it's always colorful clowns and costumes and, and supervillains and stuff like that rather than him actually f- fighting regular crime. Like give me the Batman story where by the end, he realizes that he's doing it wrong. You know, what, what a great, I mean, people would hate it. Comic book fans would come out in droves and, and hate on you for making a Batman story where it doesn't exist, but I would love to see that.
2: You're a comic book fan though. So I don't, I'm a comic book fan. I would love that too. So
1: that's the story of white Knight. in white Knight, Batman figures out a way to actually cure the Joker of his madness. And uh, I think he's still Jack Napier in that story. Um, And so what he ends up doing is realizing that Batman is bad for Gotham and not in the you know, cartoon way of it's Batman's fault. We're all bad guys, but he comes out and he's like, you, this isn't helping oh, what you're doing. Uh, isn't helping. And it was a, a really good story. And it's made by Sean Murphy. I'm in on this
0: story. I'm ordering it right now. Holy. <laughs> <story>. <laughs> yeah. Uh, or DC universe. I believe it's on, it keep, might be on there. The thing that we keep, we keep coming back to And I think this is why I get so frustrated with so many of these movies. Um, is is it comes back to we're like we don't care what you do to the character, just tell us a good story, and yeah, and 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 a lot of I think a lot of the stuff that we zero in on, like Spider Man being um, you know genetically altered, and and <laughs> just some of this other stuff, it's like it's because it was like somebody said this is a really cool idea, but they didn't find the story that made it a cool idea happen you know it I'll they, they did yes the two and i think that's really what i'm i don't get superhero fatigue i really don't like you can show me as many marvel movies as you want and i am there for them but yeah there's yeah. nothing that there's nothing that has been shown to me in this this trailer that makes me go oh good a batman movie because there's just nothing that it, 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 there's nothing there's no story that's coming out of it making me intrigued to start. You guys telling me, oh, that it might be the Joker or the Riddler as a serial killer. Okay, that that's intriguing to me. It might be seven, but a Batman movie. Okay, that's intriguing to me. But I don't get this. I don't get that from the trailer. The trailers just mm. kind of like look at how cool Batman or look at how different Batman looks this time.
2: Well, and, what they're saying is we're probably going to get a, a proper uh, another trailer
1: for it in the spring. When, yeah. uh,
2: when we get uh, Zack Snyder's Justice League, that in, in front of that, we might have a trailer, another trailer.
1: And there being more footage. But I really like that point. I like that idea of pretend somebody's never seen a Batman movie before. Yeah. How do you get them to watch this movie? Like, what is it about this? Like, if you go back and watch, like, Batman Begins, like, that feels uh, very dramatic enough where you're like, ooh, this is a dramatic thing. Here it's this killer um there was a couple other things if i can if i can break that i, I wanted to talk about um because yeah. i don't know how much more uh we're going to be going on here one of them is that there is the birthday card that's left right and it has the riddle in it which is uh what does a liar do when he's dead or something like that um and the bottom is written in code and this was in the the fat man beyond episode uh, where they said the internet did not take long to crack that code wow <laughs> so would you like to know the answer to the riddle or, or is yeah. that too spoilery?
0: I well, would. If, you, if, you, if it's too spoilery and you're listening, then hop ahead five minutes.
1: Yeah, I want to. Sure. Know. So, uh, what does a liar do when he's dead? He lies still.
2: Yeah. Mm. That would have been my guess. He lies. Yeah.
1: Right. Uh, so at one, I thought that was neat and just how hardcore fans are. And the other one, it was the other part of this panel that we haven't spoken about yet. And that is the Gotham City Police television show that will be on HBO Max set in the same world. Ooh. Uh, um, but I believe the timing is different. I don't know if the timing is pre-Batman or not. And it's apparently about a corrupt Gotham City cop, which in today's day and age is a really interesting choice. And also yet another Gotham city police drama that isn't Gotham central because whoever is making these properties is stupid because <laughs> Gotham central is an amazing, amazing comic book written by it's Greg Rucka and Ed Brubaker. So the guy that, you know, made, um, I guess the old guard is the most recent big thing that, that Rucka has out there. And then Ed Brubaker is the guy that wrote the winter soldier storyline and wrote captain America for years. Yeah, Each one of them takes a different shift. One writes the day shift, one writes the night shift. So it's two different casts and, uh, and they sort of rotate out characters and, um, it's just a really strong comic and it's about what do you do when you're a cop in a city that has supervillains and Batman, mm-hmm. like punching, beating up villains and dropping them off for you without any proof of what they've done.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I mean, I'm, I, this is the first I hear of this show, and it sounds great. I, I want to watch it, <laughs> um, especially if it builds out this world. W- one of the things that I wanted to hit upon when you brought up this version of Bruce Wayne is that in the panel, the fandom panel, they talked about how this story is, is partly a, a, a battle for Batman's soul. And that, that is actually, those themes are building off of Ben Affleck's version of Batman, hmm. which is that he's, you know, it, 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 maybe not obviously it's set in the same timeline, but he definitely is, um, conflicted and is trying to decide between a, a darker kind of more, you know, fa- fascistic, I don't know if that's a word, fascism like, um, take, very rigid, authoritarian—you know—version of Bat- of being Batman or a more hopeful version of being Batman. And one of the things they spoke to on the panel was that th- this movie m- moves that idea forward.
1: Well, you know what makes that for the character in the comics? You know what changes that for him? Robin. Robin. Exactly. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And so um, this movie is is. Going to be focusing on his trauma, which is, I think, one of the reasons why you know we're getting the the gun that killed his parents on his chest. Is yeah, that, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah, it's, He's still working through the trauma of losing his parents, um, using
1: criminals' faces. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> and so, oh shit! Sorry, my cat just bumped into my microphone. Um, so, dude, stop doing that. That's not a scratching post for you. Um, so. More and more, as as we're talking about this, I'm, I'm. It's what's scaring me is that I'm getting more and more hopeful for you know this is a a story which in the end, uh, uh he comes to some realizations about what he's doing wrong and what he's doing right.
1: And if that doesn't think, happen yeah. at the end of this
2: story, I think I'm going to be really upset. See,
0: I keep warning you, Ray. You get your hopeful. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you, just you know it be, can't, be can't be at the end of this point. story. We're just coming up with some really good ideas, guys. And- right. It can't, it can't be at the end of this if they're planning a trilogy. You it, know, you're not going to have – I don't think it's going to be Batman, the Batman, and then the second movie is the Bruce Wayne. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> You know, there's going to have to be a, a process. What I find fascinating about this and this conversation is that um, Frank Miller's version of Batman, especially in like All-Star Batman and Robin – Uh, is reviled by so many people who don't like it because it seems over the top and he's such a fascist and all this stuff. And in in Dark Knight Returns as well, he absolutely is. And I think what we're realizing is that, like, Frank Miller was right all along. Once you're having the conversations today about things like, you know, police brutality or the SNL sketch of Batman, we got to do something about that guy. Mm -hmm. Like. That absolutely is what he is because he's thinking he's the only person that can fix it. And while he might be throwing millions of dollars at it as as Bruce Wayne, he also feels the need to go and spend even more billions on himself – so that he can go and personally punch people in the face um, the to only, fix to fix the problem of crime.
2: The only problem with that, I agree with you that Frank Miller was right all along. The only problem with that is that if you know anything about Frank Miller's personal views in real life, like he's all for it. Like he's not, he's not selling this as like, this is fascism as a bad
1: thing. He's like, yes, this is what we need. Well, if you're a dude that grew up reading Batman. I mean, but the like Robin is a child soldier and he paints Robin as a child soldier. Like, especially in Dark Knight with Carrie Kelly, he's literally saying good soldier to this like 12 year old girl that he's putting on the front lines. Yeah. Yeah. How else can you look at it if you're trying to tell a realistic depiction of that story? Unless you're saying, well, no, we're going to make Robin 21. It's Chris O'Donnell and he does karate with wet socks.
2: (laughs) How, How crazy would it be? if this is the first part of the trill of a trilogy that's leading up to Robin
1: or Nightwing or, and, and, or yeah. give me, give me Robin and then show me Robin turning into Nightwing,
2: dude.
1: I have yeah, so that. many, I have so many of these in my head in my head. I have a very 1990s legacy version of the DC universe, where if you put me in charge of those movies, if I was Jeff Johns and guiding that direction, I wouldn't go back to the well and tell the origin stories of everybody all over again. I would start with, you know a Ben Affleck Batman, and you're going to show me the story where Robin quits and becomes Nightwing, which is what they're doing in Titans, just not as well. And um, and you're going to do that story. You're going to give me a story of the question, and then you're going to introduce Renee Montoya as uh, Bullock's partner who then becomes a detective in her own right, who then becomes the new question because that's what Greg Rucka did with the character in the comics. Yeah. Uh, you're going to give me Wally West as kid flash into the flat or find a new way of doing it if we don't want to do the child soldier thing. But like, you know, I want to be taken through the Robins. I want to meet Jason Todd and see him die, uh, in the movies. I want to see which they're doing an animated version of that story where it's multiple choice. So you can like decide if Robin dies or not, which is just like what happened in the comics Except then they'll show you what happens if Robin lived.
2: What you're describing, um, these stories, wasn't that what Darwin Cook was doing before he passed?
1: I don't know. When I think of Darwin Cook, I think of New Frontier.
2: Well, he but he was he was boiling down those stories and those characters to to kind of like this essential iconic kind of version, wasn't he?
1: That's sort of yeah, that's kind of what New Frontier was about. Yeah. yeah and I just think in in a cinematic term is the like, wouldn't, wouldn't a modern audience today take a story about a Batman that has a 10-year-old Robin as a sidekick fighting crime? Like, is that acceptable to modern audiences? Are they able to suspend their disbelief enough to say, yeah, I'm down with that? Or should you do what I would want them to do, which, I'm, well, I guess it doesn't work if you don't have Robin. You would have to present them with the world in which Robin already existed Rather than introduce them to the idea of it, so they just have to accept it. And then there's a series called We Are Robin, which is basically yeah. um, what you know, kids in the streets taking matters into their own hands, not trusting police, not trusting adults, and every single one of them calls themselves Robin, and they all have their own costumes they made themselves. It's just they just wear the colors basically and stitch an R onto their sweatshirt or whatever, yeah. their hoodie. You told and, uh,
2: about this series before. I remember I heard about it from you yeah. on one of our podcasts.
1: I but think yeah. that would work so well as like a give that to me as an HBO Max series. And then out of it you get Duke Thomas, who goes on to become Batman's partner.
0: Well, one of the things that that I feel like people are missing, and, and we've talked about this. Like we've and I think Marvel's been really good about this is taking stories that were created in the 60s and 70s and looking at them from a 2020 perspective and mm-hmm. saying, okay, how does this fit in modern times? And we even had that conversation about what you do with Magneto. Like mm-hmm. how do you make Magneto relevant in today's society when you can't go back to his, it, it would not be practical to go back to his world war two, um, origin. And I feel like that's the same thing. It's like, if you're, if you're, you're talking about, uh, Robin would be Gen Z right now. Like Robin would be the 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 generation right now that is 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 up in arms and in the streets and does not have a positive outlook on life necessarily and there's your excuse to have a young person fighting alongside Batman is that Batman knows that if he doesn't like keep an eye on this kid this kid's going to get himself into trouble. It's a different take on Robin, but it makes the origin make sense. Yeah. And and that's what people aren't doing. They're trying to They're trying to take – there's so many good stories, but the stories are only as good as how you make them relevant and make sense today. You know what you do?
1: You do the story where Batman had Batgirl as a partner. She gets shot and crippled. He refuses to do it again. And instead of – I mean, people would hate me because I would skip Tim Drake and I would skip Jason Todd, but I would go straight to Tim Drake, who's the computer expert. You go straight to the intelligence guy who is uh, a better detective than any of the other Robins, right? Dick Grayson was the bright light, the acrobat. Jason Todd was the aggressive one, but maybe the better fighter. And then Tim Drake is the detective. And so he figures it out and he's like, no, you need this. You need this help. You need this younger partner in your life, however you choose to utilize them, because it's keeping an eye on that person and keeping that person in mind, another young person that reminds you of why you're actually doing this and how you should be going about doing it rather than being so vicious and just beating people up because it makes you feel better.
0: Right. And all of a you sudden know? creating a story that we're interested in watching because it's based on a good story and not necessarily how cool the characters. Look. Okay. So here's how people would hate. Here's how I would make people hate me. Um, <laughs> I, I would,
2: I would, I want now Joe, I I really like the, the kind of scenario that you described with like Gen Z being Robin, but I, I mean, now that makes me wanna see a Robin that starts off with Batman and then um, as he grows up becomes radicalized and basically leaves Batman to become Nightwing, but is is part of like Antifa and like is anti-fascist and sees how the ways in which Batman is is a fascist figure. And you know, uh, goes in and, and sort of takes t- aligns himself with that stance of, yeah that
0: it puts him at odds and tells a good story exactly See, this is what we need to do like rob and i need to just start writing stories and you need to illustrate them please. and then we need to just, yeah like let's just make that happen
2: please that would be great i would love to make this story i would love to co-plot it and draw it and illustrate it i would love to do that <laughs> but i would love yeah a nightwing that says wait a minute this rich guy this is fucking bullshit you know like He's part of the system that you know needs to be torn down and changed, and he becomes radicalized. And he that, that is kind of what Nightwing Nightwing kind of does that in in a way. So that would make sense for this this social political climate. Man, I want to I
1: want to read that story, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Geekitude fan fiction.
2: <laughs> Seriously.
1: But it all seems in the end, it all seems we're all kind of on board for the new Batman movie one way or the other. We're interested to see where else the story goes to see how well it fits into this mold that we all have kind of created for what we would like it to turn into.
2: Yeah, it's interesting to hear what we we each kind of want it to turn into, right? Like where we want it to go. Yeah. They've got to be thinking about this, right? Right. Do you, you, WB has to be, DC has to be thinking about, we need to do something with Batman to
1: to keep him relevant, right? Batman, we got to do something about that guy.
2: <laughs> <laughs> they saw the SNL kit, skit, right? They're like, oh, that's fuck. it. That's it. All right. All
0: right. So we should probably wrap it up. Um, any, any shout outs this week?
2: God damn it. I always forget about shout outs, man.
1: I'm, I'm, I'm going to give shout my out. shout out to Ray <laughs> so that he has to do his shout
0: out. <laughs> I'm give a shout out to one of my students, it was very cool. He was like, Hey, Mr. Hogan. I mean, again, you have got to remember, I'm dealing with these kids through a computer. Like I have not met these kids in person. So I don't have a predetermined, like developed relationship with anybody from this school. And he spent, you know, 15 minutes while we were hanging out, doing work, talking to me about the new Avengers video game. And oh, yeah. Yeah. That made me so happy. It was like, yes, I would love to sit here and talk to you about Avengers because I'm a geek like that. And this sounds like a great way to spend 15 minutes of our class time. So <laughs> you know, shout out to shout out to Shaylon. Cause you, so, you did get both.
2: All right. I'm, I've got a shout out to give to Sean Kelly uh, on Twitter. He is at StorySlug, and he made an awesome Batman post that deals and discusses all of the themes that we have been discussing uh, in this podcast around how to reinvent Batman or make Bruce Wayne relevant um, today. And so Sean Kelly at story slug on Twitter, please seek out, or maybe we can link that thread, Joe. Um, I just just shared it with both of you. Uh, Joe, I shared it with you in the past, but um, yeah, shout out to him because I love that thread and, and his take on, on Batman and making him relevant for today.
0: Yeah, no, it's a great, it's a great post. I really enjoyed reading it and he's got some great ideas and very, very poignant points. Yes. All right. I think next week we are going to try and finally do our power of X house of X. So this is your last chance. People, if you have not read those comics, Ray and I have been avoiding talking to each other about it. <laughs> so you have no more excuse. We have had time and we're busy people. So read them so we can talk about it. Yes. Uh, closing yada, yada music, yada, yada, Ben Sound, yada, yada, Creative <laughs> Commons license, bensound.com. <laughs> we're part of the Geek to Geek Network. Head to geektogeek.com to find our podcasts, blog, patron exclusive digital magazine, streamers, and ways you can chat with us in real time online and sometimes up. Look for more geekitude in your life. Head to Geektitude.com. Email me at JoeHogan at Geektitude.com or find us on Twitter at Geektitude or me personally at EpicGrays. Looking to add more geekitude
2: to other people's lives? Leave a review wherever you listen to help spread the word. Or if you prefer actual interpersonal connection, you can let your friends know that we're on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, and more.
0: Now, where can we find you, Rob and Ray? Ray, you want to go? Sure. I am at
2: Ray Vargas three on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, mostly Twitter. So you can find me there talking all this, talking about all this shit. And if you want to look at my artwork, you can go to Ray 3com That's Ray Vargas. And then the number three.com.
1: You can find me on Twitter at Noby. That is K N O W B Y. You can find me on the geek to geek Slack channel, and you can listen to my show by searching for end the word and sometimes rob
0: and there we go that closes us up for our our four part fandom spectacular crossover well part uh, 4
1: come on back for part 5 we'll do part yeah. 5 over on my end ooh and when i say we i it might just be me we'll we'll see how schedules work out <laughs> ray was very clear about saying that he does not really care about the rest of the fandom <laughs> stuff he's like we're just talking batman So it might just be me running solo, but we'll cover the rest of the of the tidbits. And until then,
0: remember this week, keep it it.